Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, the weekly survey of news in the Philadelphia Archdiocese. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with Matt Gambino, the editor of CatholicPhilly.com, and we're taking a look at this week's top stories. So, Matt, today we are talking about fake news, which we at Catholic Philly are not in the business of disseminating. We are most assiduously committed to quite the opposite. And again, to bring in an expert on this topic, we have Father Thomas Daly. Father Daly holds the John Cardinal Foley Chair of Homiletics and Social Communications at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Wynwood, Pennsylvania. And in his position, Father Daly oversees the seminarian's instruction in homiletics, and he also supports the work of the church in sharing the gospel through media, both traditional and new, with the gospel being the good news, not fake news. Father Daly, welcome. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Well, we wanted to talk about fake news, which is a subject that you had spoken about at length at a recent gathering at the seminary, correct? Indeed. The uh, theme for World Communications Day this year is all about fake news and really the journalism for peace, the opposite of fake news. What is fake news? Do we have a good working definition? We have a definition. We have a working sense of it, let me put it that way. And the Holy Father's teaching about this was the idea that it's information design to persuade people about something that's not necessarily the news. It's trying to create a message that serves another purpose. So it's an agenda. It's an agenda. Yeah, formerly known as maybe yellow journalism or even propaganda. propaganda. I saw the earliest reference to fake news was 1890. So this is nothing That it was a term. It was a term used first in 1890, fake news. I think there's a bit of the confusion or distinction that terminology fake news is the more modern phenomenon or the more modern way of speaking about an ancient phenomenon. Right. New words for an old evil. Distorting things. Exactly. Or, or, uh, as you say, propaganda or creative writing, um, (laughs) persuasive advertising. There's all kinds of terminology you can use for it. But I think the emphasis is in the communication of news and information. A, is it truthful in the sense of factual? But also where the Holy Father comes in, is it beneficial? Is it helpful for persons? Or am I trying to mislead them or shake them or or disparage them or... Or profit from them. Or profit from them, right. So the fascinating thing about his message is his emphasis on the relational nature of truth and how truth is meant to serve the good of people. And if it's serving something else, then there's something fake about it. Now, how would you distinguish that from advocacy journalism? You know, at different points in human history, and I'm thinking in particular of Central and South America, where journalists were the ones, and in different parts of the world, who still continue to bring knowledge of human rights abuses and serious, entrenched political systemic corruption to light. But there's an advocacy there. Mm -hmm. How do we distinguish fake news from advocacy? Well, I think the distinction, at least the one I would make, is that advocacy is pushing a particular point, say human rights or human rights abuses, where fake news would involve concealing things, would involve steering things that weren't meant in this direction for the direction I want them to go in. It's not simply advocating a point. There's a distorting element in fake news. Advocacy is focusing on on one thing and focusing on it strongly, but it's not necessarily distorting things or misrepresenting things or omitting things that would be contrary to what it's advocating. So I guess you have to kind of situate these terms a bit in the context of some other terms we're familiar with. For example, public relations, which Mm -hmm. is often seen as being a bit 
slimy. The manufacturer of the defective product didn't tell us everything where you put a spin on it that it really wasn't our fault. These are terms that I guess we're all kind of caught in the cloud of and we're trying to figure out. And then throw in sponsored content, which drives revenue for a lot of papers. Absolutely. I mean, spin's a very good image. It suggests that something is turning in a direction other than than where it was supposed to go. I'm spinning a story to make it say something that maybe it's not about. You're trying to steer the truth, in other words. trying to steer it, right. Truth doesn't need to be steered uh, if we recognize it to be true. Sponsored content is about the sponsor more so than the content. I think we have to come to realize that in every communication, there is a point trying to be made. Part of the difficulty, I think, is the, the sort of scientific culture that we live in where everything is meant to be precise. This is exactly one thing. A scalpel is one particular kind of knife. It's not just a knife. And that kind of singularity is not typical of human communications. If I say something or teach something in a classroom even, my students aren't necessarily hearing what I'm wanting them to hear. I hope they are. And of course, the art of teaching is lessening that gap between what I say and what they hear. But that's the nature of communications. And so we have to, I think, recognize and focus on not just the content of what I'm reporting or communicating, but the use of that. What's my purpose here? Am I trying to hurt somebody? The information may be truthful and I can use that to hurt somebody. I can make up information to hurt somebody. Either way, I'm hurting somebody. And that's the issue that fake news is meant again in a sort of distorting, damaging kind of way, whereas the good news is good for people. And you had mentioned just prior to the start of our conversations that often the headline is an indicator of what you're dealing with in a piece. Absolutely. I think you can take the same story, the same facts, the same information and lead people to a viewpoint by how you sell that and you sell it in a headline. I recall flying back from my studies in Italy after, I don't know, the 33rd government in Italy in, in a year <laughs> they, or something like that. They do tend to recycle them. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, these were huge news stories in Italy. And I came back here and turned on one of the major networks and I think it was a five second mention. So what does that communicate? I mean, that in itself says something. So headlines, where we position stories, the images we use with stories, all of these things are part of communication. The extent to which they communicate truth for the good of people is the question in all, in all of that. And that was the point from the Pope's World Day of Communications message that I found intriguing was that the end goal here is peace. I don't think we ever think about journalism and peace, those two concepts going together when we read Very a newspaper true. or a news story. So how do we get to that end goal of a peaceful people from information that we learn in journalism? Well, again, I think the choice to report on or communicate good stories, positive stories, the kinds of stories that we will uplift people and not depress them. That's not necessarily ignoring the bad. Life is both good and bad. But we need also to hear the good news. That's going to bring about the peace, or it's going to help to bring about the peace that the Pope is talking about. Even in the reporting of hard news, difficult news, challenging news, we say there's always a, a silver lining in, in the clouds, but do we report that? Do we offer the, the hopeful part, or here's the good part, or here's the positive development, or here's what can come next? 
context? Or is it simply presenting what's happened as being all that there is? How do we, in other words, to put it as simply as I can, how do we not just realize what has happened, but how do we move forward? If we can communicate that, I think then we're getting towards that journalism of peace. And one final thought in the 24-7 news cycle, there's a time to remain silent that we're perhaps as human beings not meant to ingest these enormous quantities of data and up-to-the-minute news that we are trying to consume. What would you say about that? I think that's certainly true, uh, particularly when we start reliving the same stories over and over again and the same negative stories over and over again. And if all I see on the Facebook feed is negative kinds of things, that has to weigh on someone. So yeah, it's okay to turn it off once in a while. It's okay to go out and play. It's okay to watch some, I don't know, silly humorous comedy show somewhere and realize that it's not all the negative headlines that I'm constantly seeing and hearing. I have to be rejuvenated. And that, to make a point, was the whole idea behind the Sabbath. It's part and parcel of our tradition to take that break from all that's around us and just look up and worship the good God. For our listeners... How about a challenge for summer vacation? If you're taking a week at the shore or a week anywhere, how about a news fast for a week? Just don't make it from CatholicPhilly.com. Indeed. (laughs) Father Thomas Daly, thank you so much. You're quite welcome. And for more on these and other stories in local, national, and world news, as well as features on sports and culture, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. And until next time, may God bless and keep you. This podcast has been a production of CatholicPhilly.com. Music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com. Funding for CatholicPhilly.com comes from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia and from readers and listeners like you. Support excellence in Catholic journalism. Visit CatholicPhilly.com and click on Make a Donation.